the Chovos Halavavas cautions that we not rely upon our elementary understanding of Chumash, that we must relearn it with our adult minds. Otherwise, we'll be stuck with just a rudimentary understanding of all of the deep lessons of the Torah. Now, let's journey back, back to Mitzrayim, when Yosef had now been appointed the viceroy over all of Egypt. And he has now explained Paro's dreams that there's going to be seven years that will be plenty, a palmy season for plowing and planting, and then a seven years where there will be famine and a total dearth of crops. Yosef's advice, his plan, is to compile and stockpile all the different food that they can for seven years so that when the famine strikes, they're prepared. Let's be a fly on the wall back in Yosef's office while they're setting up this system of hoarding all the crops. Could you imagine running such an operation? The infrastructure that would need to be built to house all this produce? The assembly lines that would need to be created? The labor that they would need? What would it take to successfully pull off this feat to stockpile enough food for the world for seven years? And yet Yosef, this ish matzliach, this astonishingly successful man, did it with ease. Yosef at Zadik, the Torah testifies about him that he was successful. Everything that he did turned to gold. He had the chocolate touch. Now, I want to study what made Yosef so matzliach. What was his defining quality that took him to become an Ishmatzliach successful at all he did. After all, Hatzlacha is what we're all looking for. What Nikuda, what property can we learn from Yosef to apply to ourselves? And to do this, I want to start with three questions, answer them with one Yesoid, one idea, and hopefully culminate with a practical piece of advice. Number one, is there anywhere in the Torah is there a source that we can find that will tell us what Yosef's Mila was? Point blank, what is it? What Mila did Yosef have? Let's define it. That's question number one. Question number two, Yosef also endured some of the lowest lows that one can imagine. To be forsaken by his family, to be literally thrown to the dogs and to the bears by his brothers. At the bottom of a pit, in the middle of a midbar, no one around, no one to scream for, then to be sold from dealer to dealer, only to be left for dead at the bottom of a dungeon in Egypt. And through all this, he was still Matzliach. He was Matzliach even in the worst places. I wonder if he was the gang leader, the man in charge in this base Hasoyar, inside of this dungeon. Because everything that Yosef did, he was matzliachat. And how can that be? To be matzliach when things are good, I hear. But to be matzliach in the worst of the worst? And lastly, there's a huge problem that the Ramban asks that we also need to ask. And that is, what in the world was Yosef doing with his brothers? Yosef's brothers finally come down, and he literally harasses them. Seemingly, throwing them from side to side, bombarding them with questions, painting his father, imprisoning his brothers, accusing them of being spies and stealing from him. What's going on? Chach, write a letter back home to your dad. Yaakov Avinu, 
was inconsolable. Yaakov didn't want to be consoled. He couldn't be consoled. And Yosef, he knows this. Yosef is now the king and everything's fine. Call home. Send a messenger. Tell your dad you're okay. Why doesn't he do anything? Instead, he sits on his throne and continues to harass his brothers. What in the world is happening? With our three questions in order, let us now begin our journey of answering them with one yesoid, with one idea. In Parashas Miketz, in Perek, Mem Aleph, Pazak Yudala, the Pazak says, Vayishlach Paro Vayikra El Yosef. Yosef is now being pulled from jail to answer Paro's dreams, to explain them. Continues the Pasuk, And he was rushed minabar. He has been shaved. He has been cleaned up. His clothes have been changed from the orange jumpsuit into the new Egyptian garb. And now he's standing in front of the king. He's standing in front of Paro. And Paro explains the dreams that he had to Yosef. And Yosef answers, It's not me, Paro, that can answer your dreams. It is Hashem. Hashem answers the dreams. Hashem is the one who knows all of wisdom. Which was a risk because he's been asked and here's his one shot to answer the dreams. And he says, oh, I can't really do it. Let's hope Hashem can help me out. And then Yosef continues to beautifully explain all of the dreams until Paro's mind is at rest. Paro then turns to his cabinet and says, Have you seen such a wise man? Pazak Lamed Zion says, paro. This explanation of the dreams was good in his eyes. Kol avodav, in front of everyone that was there. People, have you seen such a wise man? Someone who has such a godly spirit? And the Beis HaLevi tells us, why was Paro so blown away? There were necromancers in those days. There were psychics in those days and stargazers. Yet Paro is so blown away by this interpretation. He appoints him the king or the viceroy right beneath him to run the country because of this wisdom. What was it that he found so special that he should turn flabbergasted to his room and say, have you ever seen a man like this? Here's the base Halevi and I quote, Milos Shel Hachacham, the greatness of wisdom Lihios Yodea Viroe to know and to see as Hanolod. To know and to see the future outcomes. Wisdom, continues the Beis Halevi, is not to stay and understand what is going on now, but to understand the repercussions, the step two and step three of wisdom. And the wiser one is, they can actually see step four and step five of an action that takes place right now. But the highest level of wisdom is Nevuah. Nevuah, where Paro saw in this Yosef that he was a Ish Navain Vachachma because he was Asher Ruach Kimbo. It was all from Hashem, the knower of all wisdom. And if you are a Chacham based on what God has told you, well, there is no Chacham Kamocha. There is no wise man like you. Yosef clearly had a powerful mind and was brilliant, and he could see the outcomes of actions. But Para noticed that it was because of the Ruach Elohim that was in him. Chachma means, says the Beis HaLevi, to see the future. To literally become psychic. To know if I will do this, then this will happen. That's wisdom. And the highest level of that is prophecy. And I always wondered, why is it 
that there is a world's greatest chess player. There's only but so many different strategies, I would think, that can be had or done or executed. And everyone should be at the top kind of together, beating each other and exchanging blows. The top five chess players, like in a lot of other sports where there's a lot of the greatest. And even the greatest of all time, the number one, sometimes can lose to the number two. But in chess, it doesn't seem to happen like that. The one greatest always wins. And after I did some research on it, it seems that the greatest chess player in the world is the greatest because he can see that many more moves ahead of his opponent. There is a certain number of strategies, give or take, but one player can see 10 moves ahead, but the other player can see what you're going to do on your 10th move, and he can plan for it, and he knows what you're going to do on your 11th move and your 12th move. He's a step ahead. He's going to win. I want to suggest... That Yosef HaTzadik, he was a Chacham. Ish, Navon, Vachacham. He knew what was coming. He knew the future. He knew step two, step three, step 50. But here's the kicker. And he acted today for what will happen in step 50. He planned accordingly. To be alone like we had spoken about last week, like the dark alleyways and the gross areas of Times Square alone as a 15-year-old yeshiva bacher, what can we ask of this kid? But yet, Vayihi Kedabra El Yosef Yom Yom, Aish's Potiphar's advances are shut down day after day with Vayimo'ain, I will not sin with you. Veloshama Aileha, and he didn't listen to her, Lishkav Etzla to lie with her, and Lihi Yosima and to be with her. What are those two extra words at the end of the Puzzle says Rashi? To be with her in Olam Haba. Yosef HaTzadik, he didn't want to be with her in Olam Haba, so he didn't sin with her today. He knew what was coming. And we all know at a certain level what's coming. But Yosef HaTzadik had the Mila to be able to act wholeheartedly today based on what's coming later. We asked, why didn't he just send a letter to his dad? How can he endure the pain knowing of what he was causing to his father, the anguish? How could he act so harshly to his brothers knowing that he can just reveal himself? It clearly was hard for him. He turned away to cry and had to hide himself before he consoled himself and came back out. Clearly, it's tough. But Yosef HaTzadik explains the Ramban. He knew that these dreams had to be fulfilled in a natural way. Hashem wanted that these dreams should happen where all of the sun and the moon had bowed down like the dreams had shown and the bushels bowed down. There needed to be a kiyom, an actualization of these dreams, So he held strong now, endured the pain for what needed to happen, even it was 20 years or so later. The ability to live now based on what you want to happen later. I want to suggest is why he was at Ishmat Sliach. If you've ever had a good year of business, or even a good day or a good month, you'll know that it's very hard to put that money away. Things are good. It will continue to stay good, is what we think. Seven years, Yosef HaTzadik said, let's save, let's put away. He lived with a knowledge of the future and acted upon it today. Scientists actually did an experiment once to document or at least try to figure out what is the defining characteristic of maturity. And the experiment went where they went into a classroom of kindergarteners and 
They said, we will give each one of you a marshmallow or be it a chocolate chip right now. Or if you don't want one or don't take one now, in five minutes, we'll give you two. If you don't take one in five minutes, in 10 minutes, we'll give you three. Every single one of the kindergartners wanted the chocolate chip right now. And each successively older class, the older the kids got, the more chocolate chips they deferred now to accept more later. Maturity, chachma, means living for the future now. I want to suggest Yosef was so efficacious because of his knowledge of the future, his wisdom, and his ability to act on it now. This is a yesoid that's makif kola kula, and a yesoid ha yesoid is vishayra shachayim because we need to live for later. As Jews, as humans, we live for the next world. We don't live for this world. And one of the constant stumbling blocks is getting stuck and living for this world. We need to stop taking the chocolate chips and marshmallows now and start deferring them so that we can get that many more later. If we want to sit in the circle of tzaddikim with crowns on their head in the next world, we need to defer the chocolate chips. We need to acquire the knowledge of this, which is very much done. We understand this concept, but we need to start acting upon it, doing now what we wish we had done later. And I thought of an exercise that we can do to train ourselves in this. When we go to the grocery store, the supermarket, we quickly park and run in, but maybe pull up to the spot and back in, back in saying, well, it will be easier for me to leave later. You won't have to pull out and then turn around and go. So take the time now, lose out now, slow down your pace now so that things will be better later. Chachma gives us an ability to become psychic, literally. Build yourself the future you wish you had built. Invest now for the future. People say, save up for a rainy day. Only here... We know that there's not going to be a rainy day. It's going to be a beautiful day. It's going to have the righteous ones sitting in a circle with crowns on their heads. If we want to be a part of that circle, we need to start acting now how we wish we had acted. We need to be more like Yosef. Let's plan for the future and start acting to create the future that we want.